This podcast is sponsored by Good Coworking. Good Coworking is the first solar-powered co-working community in the world focused on cultivating profitable business that do right by the people plus the planet, all while keeping you safe in a beautiful plant-filled wellness center space. Get an address for your business, which comes with two daytime co-working days per month to get your meetings done, all for your quarterly cost of $150. Good work have many membership options from frequent flyer to office rental. So let good work help you find just the right space to help you balance life and work located in Dallas, Texas. Check out goodcoworking.co and tell them the help show sent you. So welcome back guys. We are so excited to be back. Although we're still wearing our mask and washing our hands, now we have a vaccine for COVID and a new president. <laughs> Boy, does time fly in four months. This year, our series is mental health and sports. So let's get ready for amazing guests, new adventures, and new resources. This month's health show is looking at athletes' mental health in the pandemic. Athletes are having to put their careers on hold in the pandemic and missing out on social and emotional aspects of sports and seriously compromise their self-esteem and mental health. In this month's podcast episode, we would like to discuss the physical and psychological effects of the pandemic on athletes, the stigma around mental health and sports, and what can be done to foster a culture of openness and caring athletes. Did you know, according to a study done by child health experts from the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, 68% of high school age student athletes surveyed reported feelings of anxiety, depression at levels that would typically require medical intervention. That is up by 37% from past research studies from, the, from before the pandemic. Also, did you know that the Dallas Morning News reported that the Mavericks had to pause their season for contact tracing after four teammates tested positive for the coronavirus? And according to the NCAA's Fall 2020 Student Athlete Wellbeing Survey, found that the rate of mental health concerns reported by college athletes were one and a half to two times higher than before COVID-19. Today's guest is Dr. Trillian Small. She's a mental performance coach at the Dallas Jackals Major League Rugby team, professional team. Dr. Small has a PhD in clinical counseling and has been mental training coach and mental health counselor for eight years. She's originally from San Antonio, Texas. Woo-woo, Texas. <laughs> Dr. Small was raised in Birmingham, Alabama. She earned her bachelor's in psychology from the University of Missouri, Columbia, before moving to Tennessee to complete her master's in professional counseling at Lipskin University in Nashville. In 2018, Dr. Small completed her PhD in clinical counseling at Rebecca Nazari University. Dr. Small moved to Dallas, Texas in 2017 and soon found attachment leadership which serves as an umbrella for a mental health counseling practice and business psychology consulting. She provides customized wellness and leadership development programs, emotional intelligence, corporate training, and youth development curriculum. Additionally, she's the author of six books and the founder of her book publishing company, The Speak Publishing. Ooh, girl. Dr. Small is also the adjunct professor at the University of Texas, Dallas, in the Behavior and Brain Science Department. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, a certified 
John Maxwell Leadership Development Strategist, and a sport and performance psychology consultant where she provides mental training for high performance from the locker room to the boardroom. Recently, Dr. Small was a TEDx speaker. Her talk titled Overcoming the Fear of Love provides a psychological and neurological perspective of fear, particularly as it relates to love. Julian is also the founder and lead organizer for TEDx Frisco. She was a runner-up for the 2019 Collin County Women of the Year and was recognized at Nashville Black 40 and Under in 2016. Dr. Small has also seen the national and international television and heard on several local news nationally syndicated talk show, radio stations such as CBS, NBS, The World Network, CTN, American Family Radio, and Total Living Network. Dr. Trillian, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to thank you for taking the time to be our special guest. We call that the TTT. That's thank you, thank you, thank you. We're always so humbled and grateful for having such wonderful guests. I mean, guests and co-hosts. And um, I think I'm ready. What about you? Well, let's get started. Yeah, Question yeah. number one. So for those that are on the sidelines, what effect did COVID-19 have on the athletic identity? Yeah, so as we can imagine, the COVID-19 has impacted everybody. I don't think there's anybody on this planet who can say they have not been impacted by COVID-19 particularly with the athletes. So I would say them and the coaches have been impacted in a tremendous way because when you think about it, that for many of them, that is their identity, right? And so sports has been put on a halt. So the athletes have been impacted, the coaches have been impacted, and of course the fans, because for some, I don't know about you, but on Sundays, I look forward to football. Uh, Tuesdays, I look forward to sports and basketball. And for that to be stripped away from just about everybody who loves sports, either plays it or they just enjoy it, that really hit a that really hit us really hard for many athletes i've seen the ones that i've worked with and just those i've just you know heard about on social media or the news mm-hmm. you really realize they aren't taking it as well especially if they have um especially if they feel like that's their only purpose yeah. right if they feel like that's their only purpose in life i think those athletes who have a little bit more um, understanding of who they are outside of sports are handling a little bit better but overall i would say just like most of us, depression, anxiety, and fear, and worry, and stress is really hitting athletes in a, a pretty particular way. Okay. Yeah. So what are some of the initial mental health symptoms you recognize um, as a therapist? Yeah, I think originally shock really hit us first. Okay. It's just like, okay, well, what, what, wait, what's going on? What do you mean I'm not going to be playing? And if we do play, what do you mean I have to be in this bubble, right, with the right. NBA? They had to completely isolate themselves. It's just you and a whole bunch of guys. You can't see your wife, your girlfriend, yeah. or your kids. Right. You're just stuck, you know, right. in this environment, at least for the NBA. Um, so I think shock kind of hit us at first. And then sometimes people moved into anxiety because yeah. it's, What's next? And our brains, right, really do not like ambiguity. Okay. Um, and our brains, literally, what, what it will do is it'll try to fill in the blanks. So if there is ambiguity, it'll say, okay, we have to figure out how to fill in this blank. So we can't handle that. So what it will do, it'll pull from past experiences mm. to try to make sense of it, or it'll create its own assumptions. Mm which can be good and cannot be bad. Sounds like classic overthinking. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Can you We call that rumination. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then after that phase, you kind of hit that depression state of, you know what? After your brain has run you down the freeway going 100 miles per hour, you're now burnt out. (laughs) 
So now you're sad, you're depressed, and I'm, I'm glad we can laugh about it. Right. Um, but it is a serious matter. Absolutely. Because there's times like I have to just laugh at myself, like, <sighs> yeah. really? I you, just, you just created that whole movie in your head. Absolutely. Mm. And I'm like, and none of that's going to happen. Yeah. So you just wasted an hour trillion. Yeah. Congratulations. Nine <laughs> athletes is totally guilty. Yeah. Guilty, raise your hand. Yeah. <laughs> With church finger. Yeah. Church finger. <laughs> guilty. Yeah, and then you can cycle into anger and you know confusion, and the the, the emotional wheel of spectrum can just go on and on and on yep. until hopefully you find a place of joy and peace. For yep. some, they may not get to that point, but I kind of seeing all of those emotions in everybody, and of course in athletes, that's who we're talking about. It's about everybody who's seen that. Absolutely. Well, athletes control their body, minds, and performance, but with the pandemic, this. Uh, this authority was halted. There was, there have, there was limited access to your team. What was the initial impact of losing access to the support system, and how did you navigate through this period? Yeah. So, for as far as athletes, they, if they didn't have access to their team, or either no access to the team, or limited access to the team, no access to the gym, um, that's their outlet for many of them. That's their way of self care. Absolutely. Dribbling the ball. That's like they get their anger out or just lifting weights. And so to completely strip that away, not only are you taking structure yeah. away, but you're also taking their self-care away. Absolutely. Which naturally throws you in a tizzy. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was stuck in the house just yeah. as many of us. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I became a runner. Yeah. <laughs> outside. Yeah. I was running outside. Yeah. Absolutely. That was the best thing ever for yeah. me. Yeah. And so that's a good thing. Some yeah. athletes do find alternatives. Okay, you can't go to the gym. Mm -hmm. We'll take a walk. Right. You know. Yeah. I was running ten miles. I didn't know that I could. <gasps> ten miles. You know, I didn't know that I could do that. I started with one, then three, then five, and then I said, "Let's push yourself." Seven. You can do this, Nyetta. Nine. This beats mode. This wow. Beats yeah. You're fancy. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see that quote? This is insert funny something something funny here. Uh, the, it was a meme. The guy said. Um, I think I'm becoming more like my dog. I'm enjoying long walks. I get excited when I see strangers, and I love car rides. Gosh. I mean, that, that sounds about right. But in terms of how COVID impacted everything. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So the question I have for you is the athlete identity is often challenged in the same manner with retirement from sports. So what are some, what's some advice you can provide for athletes in identifying who they are outside of sports? Yeah, that's a good question. So... I would simply say sports is what you do, mm -hmm. not who you are. Absolutely. Although someone says, no, I'm an athlete. I'm like, yeah, you are an athlete. That's what you do. Absolutely. But one of my friends, his name is Tomas. He actually did a TED Talk, and he talked about this. But he quoted a, a quote from his father, and he said, son, what are you going to do once the basketball stops dribbling, basically? Because yeah. eventually, I don't care if your season, your, your season of sports ends when you're 12 or when you're 18, 21, or if you're 32, or I think, uh, was that, was a gentleman who just retired? He's like 40-something basketball, football, Tom Brady? No, uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, yeah. Drew Brees, was he like 40-something? Yeah, he's probably 40 because he played 20 years. Yeah, wow. so that's amazing, yeah. especially in a football career. So oh whether your, you know, your career ends when you're 40, it doesn't matter. Eventually, it's going to end mm -hmm. Absolutely. at some point. And so it's, who am I? When I am not dribbling a ball, who am I when I'm not, you know, dancing or whatever the sport may be, it's who are you? Um, and it's what's my purpose in life, yeah. right? Yeah. Even outside of even outside of sports, it's what's your purpose? 
Okay, are you are you called to encourage people, just show people love, show people hope? Mm-hmm. There are there are many ways you can do that in addition to sports. So that when the, the ball does stop dribbling, you're like, cool, I can pivot. That's what COVID, I think, this season has really taught you. If you don't do anything at all, yes, you gotta learn how to pivot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was definitely the word of the year. Yeah. yeah. Or you're gonna be stuck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so at what point are athletes introduced to psychotherapy in their career? That's what I want yeah, to say. Yeah, it totally varies, right? It depends on who is in that child's life. So, you know, I started working with kiddos very early on. So okay. I was in an elementary school. And so, of course, I have my little clients coming. They're four or five years old. Right. <laughs> and I'm working with them. I had a basketball player. He was 11 at the time. That was several years ago when I was first getting started. So it's really, it's, a, it's all contingent upon the parents okay. and their cons- parents have to give consent to psychotherapy. A kid doesn't, can't just say, I'm going to do that. And then a parent doesn't have involvement. Okay. So it's really, it really, it really depends on the parent and mm-hmm. their willingness to say, yes, my child needs that. Um, so if the parent doesn't, then maybe when they're in middle school, high school, if the teacher sees like, hey, there's some other issues you have going on, we really need you to go talk to somebody. Okay. That could be the case. Or... If you have a very exceptional coach okay. who recognizes, hey, like it looks like you're dealing with performance anxiety, it looks like you're struggling with depression, it's okay to say you're not okay, and it's okay for you to take time off from from the sport or what have you, or you know, take a break from class to go see the the school counselor, if you will. Um, so I love those kind of coaches that say, you know what, it's okay, absolutely, it's okay, you're not okay. So it really varies. So. The, I have another question real quick. So my audience varies, okay? And so I have an audience from 18 to 55. Mm-hmm. So those that don't know what psychotherapy is, please explain that. Yeah, so essentially psychotherapy is a place where you can go. It's a, it's, a, it's a treatment, right? So it's like counseling where you'll go and you'll sit before a person, or right now we're doing a virtual, at least I am, mm-hmm. and you literally can just talk about whatever. It's a space where you can go, and from beginning to the end, it's, the goal is to get you to become a better person. And the beautiful thing is nothing has to be broken. I don't use those words, I don't use broken and we're here to fix you and all that. I don't even like using the word problem. Mm-hmm. Right. I see them as opportunities or growth areas because we all have growth areas. No one really likes to say I have a problem. Absolutely. I mean, I'm okay to say, hey, I got a problem. <laughs> but <laughs> for those that don't like that word, it's just it's a growth area. But yeah, it's just psychotherapy is, it's clinical services that you receive to help with your mental state and your emotional state, essentially. Okay. Doesn't mean you're crazy, okay. right? So if you were to break your arm, you would go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you feel emotionally or mentally, you're not at a healthy space, Absolutely. it's okay to say, I need to go talk to somebody. Absolutely. So we're completely, you know, we're a non-biased party. You know, kind of a, a extra set of eyeballs. Sometimes we can be a little biased, as well as the people we love or, or that are closest to us. Right. That's just a place to go just to talk about how you're feeling. Okay. And have results. Results are very. It's just not verbal vomit. Okay. <laughs> results are very important. Verbal vomit <laughs> with some results. <laughs> so, we're still talking about psychotherapy and the yeah. career, correct? So, yeah. have you seen this need change? A need for there to be more psychotherapy for athletes in terms of COVID, you know, becoming a thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID has helped with that. Um, naturally, personally in my business, and I've seen this across the board and, and many of my colleagues who are also in the field, their practices, they're literally at capacity now. School, you know, campuses, they're at capacity because so many people, what happens, what happens and is happening is when you're stuck at home, 
yeah. and you don't have much outlet, guess who you're stuck with? Yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Even if you have family around, you have the opportunity now to sit with yourself and say, who am I? Who am I? What's going on? Um, how am I feeling? Because I don't have my normal outlets that distract me. Right. Unless you're Netflix and binging and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> or overeating. That's another way of just kind of avoiding at times. Right. Um, and so naturally what people are doing now, they're saying, I'm not okay. And I really need to talk to somebody. Otherwise, I'm going to hit rock bottom. Right. Um, and so I think that COVID has really naturally helped with that. But also, when you see a lot of celebrities, and I think that's helped, right? You know, you have Serena Williams, Michael Phelps, Kevin Love, who are now finally talking about, or who have been for some time, talking mm -hmm. about their mental health state. Absolutely. And I think naturally that helps. It's like, oh, you're cool, and you're saying it's okay to talk about mental health. Right. Okay. It's okay for me to talk about it as well. And I, so I think that there's a compilation of things that's really helping people to really realize, like, yo, mm -hmm. you know what, I can go talk to somebody. Right. And that it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I think because what has been going on with COVID, because everyone has been on social media, this has been a, I mean, an outlet for a lot of people, mm -hmm. and especially for, um, for athletes that I've been kind of viewing over um, different people's um, pages. Yeah. And that it it's almost becoming this it's not becoming as big of a stigma as it used to be. There's still a stigma. There still is. And yeah. especially in the black community. So I'm not gonna be like, oh the oh, stigma's yeah. gone. I'm like, that's absolutely <laughs> false. Right, right. But people are opening up more about what mental health issues, what what's going on in their life. Now some people are not doing it the healthy way as I'm examining it. But at least they're taking the time to say, hey, this is what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Now, if you really care about somebody and you're viewing over their social media, to me, you should inbox and say, hey, you want to talk? Right. Or, yeah. hey, what's going on? Mm -hmm. That's what you can do. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, you know, instead of being in a place of judgment. Because I, I think so many people, they do judge people. Mm -hmm. And who are we to judge people? Mm -hmm. You know? So, I, I've been not I noticed that a lot with, with COVID, um, with the whole not being able to go outside. Because at first, I used to spend, like, Four hours a week. Now I'm like twelve hours a week on yeah. social. I'm embarrassed. Get it off. It's okay. <laughs> we're, we're not judging. No, nobody's judging. <laughs> no, it's interesting though. Um, I think it's very important for us to to differentiate terminology here because sometimes we get people use mental illness and mental health mm -hmm. um, as synonyms. Okay. But they're not right. So everyone should be striving towards mental health. Correct, right? It's like physical health. Correct. You got your vital signs and all that. Mental health is the exact same. So it's, do I have the coping skills? Do I have the ability to regulate my emotions? Do I have a social support? That's mental health. Do you want mental health? Yeah, of course. I do too. Yeah. Right? So it's when we say, oh, you got mental health issues. Okay. Now what you're saying is you either have a mental illness or a mental disorder, which is actually diagnosable. And you can't Google your diagnosis. <laughs> Even if you're like, oh, Google said I have anxiety disorder. Okay, cool. But you still need to make sure you go to a clinician, a licensed person who can actually confirm that. Absolutely. Right? Because you could just be going through a process where you're needing to learn how to adjust. Correct. Adjust. Because that's a disorder as well, for whatever reason, adjustment disorder. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also, so you have mental health, which is everyone should be striving towards that. You have mental illness, which needs to be diagnosed. Correct. But many of us don't have mental illness, it's just you have a mental challenge. Mm -hmm. Which means, hey, there's something going on that's challenging my mental health, yeah. and I need to do something about it, so I need 
to increase my social support. I need to have better coping, shift from maladaptive to adaptive coping. Um, I need to stop going to the refrigerator 25 times a day, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's, a, it's okay to have a mental challenge. It's okay to have a mental illness, right? But there is a difference. Sometimes people feel like I can't say I'm struggling because they feel like, oh gosh, that means I have a disorder. Okay. Now, what does that mean about my career? But it could just be, it's just a challenge. So with that challenge being said, do you think athletes are um, predisposed to mental health problems at a young age? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> it's pressure. Athletics is all about performance, performance, performance. Absolutely. Win, win, win. Right? right and so at an early age it's don't fail huh. do not fail and don't get hurt and, you know and it's it be strong and go out there and get us that trophy so if you are most athletes who are especially the professional ones they start 12 and under some of them they start at two three four years old right. so starting at three years old these are the formidable formidable years of your brain development you're naturally being groomed to not fail huh. Talk, don't fail. So I have a question for Kim. Yes. Did you groom your boys not to fail? Um, I mean, clearly. <laughs> I'm just, wait, no, what? I mean, because both of them played sports. Yeah. It's probably something that I wasn't um, really aware of. I didn't play sports, mm-hmm. so okay. I have no idea what athletes really go through. But, of course, I was married to one, and now my youngest son is one. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, now hearing the way she described it, I mean, he started playing t-ball at three. Okay. So, um, and it was always stress, win, 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 win the tournament, be fastest, be, you know, keep your grades up in okay. order to keep being able to play the sport, you know, okay. make sure that you are providing support for your teammates. Yeah. So, if that's being instilled at three, and now he's 23, mm-hmm. he's been getting that drilled into his head for 20 years. That discipline, it just, that's what I really admire about a lot of um, you know, women and men, people that play professional elite sports, mm-hmm. the discipline they have. Yeah. It's incredible. The discipline is good, uh, but what that does is it doesn't give them permission to have a break, mm-hmm. right? And just chill and, and take a, and like not be on because mm-hmm. they always feel like they have to be on. Now, there is an organization that I love called Positive Coaching Alliance, PCA, okay. um, and what they are teaching and they're encouraging coaches and parents is to have a culture that says, yes, win. But it's not win at all costs. So it's win, but also have a culture within your 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 arena that says we're also teaching life lessons. Okay. So yes, we want you to win. We want the trophy. We want the scoreboard to reflect that we put in the work. Absolutely. But more than that, um, are we building solid people? Are we building people who can say, I failed. Yeah, that hurt. That sucked. But now, now I have the knowledge of what didn't go well, and I can apply it next time. It's like Karen Duet. She, the PCA, also kind of supports her as well, or like her work. Karen Duet talks about growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Many athletes have that fixed mindset that says, "No, you can't win. No, you can't lose. No, you can't make mistakes." So that then means, if you don't fail, if you don't succeed, now you are perceiving your that failure as if you are a failure. Hmm. So that's now intertwined, huh. right? So it's like, yeah, the game was lost. Like, you're not a loser. So y'all, y'all just lost the game, mm-hmm. yeah. right? right. Um, and so in order to shift from many parents, encourage that, encourage a fixed mindset unknowingly, right? Of run the fastest, right? You know, get the most rebounds or whatever the case may be. And what you're telling them is 
no matter what, you need to become the best person because there's always competition. And that's what makes athletes great because they realize like, yo, there's the next person on the bench waiting mm-hmm. to take your spot. So okay. that's what, <laughs> that does motivate stress and anxiety, does kind of create that competition. But at some point you do have to say, I can laugh at myself. Like, mm-hmm. like I totally flubbed, it's okay. <laughs> and I don't have to kill myself to make sure that I get the starting, you know, the starting position on the team. Huh. Although it is desirable. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, it was really interesting. Yeah. I'm sitting here just like taking all this. I want like, hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, I want to raise my kid. <laughs> so, so with COVID-19 affecting how people address their mental health, how, because I'm, I'm, I want to switch this question around, um, how did it affect the athletes that you know? Because I know it affected everybody drastically, but though, but even with you, Kim, mm-hmm. the athletes that you knew, that you know, how did it affect their mental health? Like, did you see a change in progress or increase or decrease? Like, well, I mean, COVID impacted my my son. So my son plays baseball. He's a minor league baseball player. And I he had literally just started um, spring training when COVID hit, hit the Yankees locker room. Like, I think it was one of the first baseball teams that hit and shut everything down. Yeah, okay. And so his season was canceled. He ended up having to come back from Tampa and spent the past year here in Dallas being responsible for working out on his own, right. hitting on his own, making sure he ate healthy mm-hmm. and, you know, not go nuts just being here, mm-hmm. you know, basically isolated like everyone else. And so, you know, I've been proud of him because he handled it well. He kept up with it and, and stayed on task. But, I mean, it was it was work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm assuming it was something within him that forced him or, you know, made him remain so disciplined because he definitely could have gone off the rails Absolutely. because there was nobody watching him. Yeah. And so he ended up living with a couple of his other friends that are also pro baseball players mm-hmm. and they encouraged each other to keep working out, go to the batting cages. He flew to California a few times to still hit with his hitting coach out there. Okay. And um, he leaves for spring training next week. So oh, we'll yay. see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And that's good that he had that social support. Yeah. Right. Other Absolutely. people hold you accountable. Otherwise yeah. you're just like, yeah, do I want to work out today? Right. right. <laughs> do I want to eat healthy? Okay. Yeah, that's good. But I mean like for like my nephew, he's he's a little weak. Uh, he's like ten. <laughs> I start somewhere. Okay, yeah. I got somewhere. You start somewhere. You start somewhere. years ago. Look, yeah. look, look at him now. Come on. Yeah. Look at him now. Look at him. So look, soon yeah. he'll be there. But, you, but it was funny, not funny, but um, he was bouncing. I mean, boys have that natural yeah. kind of like all over the place energy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was like bouncing all up the walls. Oh. And I'm like, we got to get you back outside <laughs> playing, playing yeah. baseball. But no, you know, other athletes like, a little bit older than 10 years old. Yeah. Um, they have been packed. You know, with the Dallas Jackals, we weren't able to start our season this year. Mm-hmm. We had to push it to 2021 um, because there was, you know, so many, so many just kind of barriers for us starting our season. And we just wanted to make sure, the owners wanted to make sure um, that they got a good first season to start. And so, you know, they just made the decision to start next year. But mm-hmm. as you can imagine, there some of these, these guys many of them, they were looking forward to it. Right? Mm-hmm. I would say all of them. But now to say, you're sitting now, right. you can't play, and you were expecting it. I mean, anybody's heart would be crushed Absolutely. if they had something in mind that they were told they can't do anymore. Absolutely. So I'll stand on trial. Yeah. You <laughs> said, <laughs> man, I have missed their plans. I know. 
So we're, uh, I think we're Q3, Kim. So short-term and long-term effects of the pandemic within the athletic community. Um, let's talk about that. Like what resources have you, have you seen like used during the pandemic? Well, short-term and yeah. long-term, there's mm -hmm. resources for mental mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. um, I would say there have been a lot of organizations. I think the NBA, NFL, just a lot of other nonprofit organizations have, and universities have created resources for people to like have Zoom calls. I know it's Zoom. You know, you're in your oh. blazer up top, your pajamas up bottom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you get tired of that eventually. But I've seen so many just organizations and, and companies creating resources for people to still have a sense of community and engagement, you know, and you know, we're in Dallas and Dallas is just huge on networking right, right. Um, and just really bonding and connecting. So, I mean, hey, it's Zoom network, it's Zoom connecting. So I've seen that um, now naturally people are really getting back out into the, you know, kind of the normal swing of life. And so the gyms, the one I work out at there, they're in there like nothing ever happened. <laughs> so I think that's just, what you kind of have to do, you got to pray that you don't, you know, catch COVID and get sick and then, but just be as careful as you can. Um, but utilizing the resources. I've seen one athlete, I forget who it was, but he took up knitting. Hmm. Interesting. So, so you see, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's, I've seen a lot of people just take up new hobbies, huh. right? And now, I mean, hey, he might have a whole career knitting yeah, and he's a professional basketball yeah. player. Hey, yeah. Start selling them at an exorbitant cost. Mm -hmm. Right, this is like smart. This is Twenty thousand dollars. Like for what? A beanie? No. Your side so yeah. The question I have to ask you: What are the overall health conditions that you see? Because you know, now we're getting, we're being able to, to move. I'm not gonna say it's not back to normal. Let's say that mm, it's yeah. totally not back to normal. We're still wearing masks. Some people are not wearing masks, mm -hmm. but neither here nor there. There are overall health conditions that are happening. Then also, I, I forgot why I read it at, but it's like. Once a person, like if an athlete catches um, COVID, their immune system is a lot different mm -hmm. than what it was prior before, which that's that's an issue with them playing, which that can yeah. be an issue with their court. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to say it that way. Yeah. yeah. And so what are the conditions that you're seeing? What are the overall um, conditions you're seeing? Yeah, of course, I'm not an MD, medical doctor, but I right. have seen, and I, I'll get into like the brain and how that COVID is affecting that, but of course, it respiratory, it's affecting that, it's affecting, right. of course, the immune system. I've seen um, people with, not I haven't seen, but I've read articles about people having inflammation in the heart. Right. I imagine the athlete who is straining down the court. Absolutely. And his heart is pumping. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen, I've read articles that said uh, COVID has caused people to have enlarged hearts. Mm. That is, that's not a good thing. You can say, like, oh, we should have a big heart. No. Well, in a literal sense, that's not good. The bigger the heart, the more it has to work. Absolutely. So if you're putting, if you're exerting extra energy, mm -hmm. that's not good for the athlete, right? right. Um, also, I know um, some psychiatrists, psychologists have have coined like the term COVID brain now, mm. and they're looking at brain fog. They're looking at inflammation in the brain, mm. um, how it affects memory retention, mm. how it affects your um, your ability to retain new information, and as you can imagine, for the athlete. If they're not able to retain the playbook, if they're not yeah. able to remember, mm -hmm. you know what was said in the meetings, um, if they're not able to 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 focus, yeah. if they're having brain fog, right? It affects their mental capacity. Yeah. A majority of being an athlete is the, the mental game, anyways. You know, I've heard that so many times. It's 
90% of your ability to be an, an exceptional player is all up here in your head. Right. The rest of it is physical. But right. right. If you're competing with uh, exceptional player, exceptional player, what's the difference? Right. Like, well, you got to start up here, right in the head. And so, if COVID is affecting that, then that's going to be a, a that's going to be a big hit for many athletes. Now, they have shown that there are ways that you can catch it early. Certain things you can eat. All I'm not a clinician. I mean, I'm not a MD again. So mm. check with your doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't say I told you, but. <laughs> But, you know, they have said, you know, as far as eating, certain exercises you can do to really help with that brain fog and just um, the impact that it has literally on the the organ of the brain. Right. Not just impacting your mind, but it actually affects the brain. Okay. Um, proactive measures. Okay. So, um, question for you. So, proactive measures to prevent and address mental health crisis in your athlete community. So... What would be, what would you give um, a wife, what would you tell a wife or let's say a student or a friend, like different preventive measures to help those that are facing crisis in the athlete community? Like where to go, what to do, what to... Yeah, I love, I love being proactive. Okay. Right? And so if you can begin to implement self-care in any way, now I'm not saying sit at home and in Kumbaya for 30 hours. I'm not saying, you know, sit and meditate for one hour because some people really find that difficult, right? So yeah. I can't just sit here for no. Could you sit for an hour with him? An hour? Yeah. Just focusing on your breathing for one hour? No. no. I, I thought maybe if the TV was on, yeah. was thing, but yeah. Silence for an hour? For an hour. No. Oh, no. Give me a good five, ten minutes. Maybe ten minutes. Maybe. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I get bored with myself. <laughs> You're like, I'm done breathing. Yeah, I'm done breathing. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> mm, oh. Yeah. I'm like wondering what's on Netflix. <laughs> right. So for some people, that type of meditation is uncomfortable and it's just like anybody got time for that. So for athletes, you can be mindful yeah. and shoot free throws. How do you do that? Okay, what does the ball feel like in your hand? Hmm. When you're raising your arm up, what does your what does your arm feel like as you're releasing? What does the wind the air under your hand as you're releasing, what does that, you have to feel it. Okay. If you're mindful, you can. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just like, oh, shoot, whatever. But you can be mindful literally in everything you do. You can be mindful in the way you eat. So okay. it's, okay, cool, we're eating this snack here before you open it up. What color is it? What does it look like? What's the texture? What does it smell like? Nobody does that because normally we are just talking and eating at the same time. Mm-hmm. But if you want to just practice mindfulness, you really can do it. You don't have to sit for an hour either focusing <laughs> on your breathing you could do yoga right you could do long walks and just notice what you hear mm-hmm. see smell and taste while you're out in nature I don't know if you're eating anything out there in nature mm-hmm. but if you're eating the leaves you just notice what you're eating or what you're tasting um, while you're out so for parents I would say make it fun we're talking about young people right yeah. make it fun for that kid okay. it doesn't have to be again going back to what we started with their identity is not just an athlete. Right. So it's not, oh gosh, you can't play basketball, football, what are we going to do with you? Yeah. No, I mean, they could be a very great orator. Yeah. Like, teach them public speaking, right? Teach them a new language, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And for, if, if for the older ones, right, it's, it's high school, or for maybe the kid, the, the senior in high school or college that missed their last year, mm-hmm. that can be tough. Mm-hmm. They didn't play your last year. Some of them, I think they're giving them a chance to kind of do it again. 
but you want to stick around for another year. Right, even that's difficult. So in that, it's just getting creative. Right, using your creative curiosity juices to find solutions. And that's what, to, to be an amazing athlete anyway, you have that amazing ability to be mentally flexible, right. which means you have a really great ability to solve problems. Right. right. And that's what creativity. So if you're over here knitting, going back to what we talked about <laughs> earlier, if you're knitting, that's using your creative juices, you're strengthening the part of your brain okay. that is responsible for creativity. The stronger that gets, it's transferable no matter what you're doing. Well, we're getting ready to close out this podcast, but before we leave, I'd like to take a moment and thank everyone for listening to our audience um, today. We'd like to also remind you that everyone, that we are a nonprofit organization operating entirely off the generous support of our donors. So if you'd like to give to our organization, we appreciate you. You can send your donation to via Cash App, Money Sign, The Help Show, that's all one word, or on our website at www.thehelpshow.org. There's no donation too small. <clears throat> Every dollar will be given to strengthen our efforts. If you'd like to donate $1,500 or more and become a VIP sponsor, then we'll have additional packages listed on our website. And you can visit us at www.thehealthshow.org for more details. So, I really enjoyed this podcast. I did as well. It was good. I enjoyed, Kimberly, your, your time and your conversation. And Dr. Trillia, I enjoyed you as well. So thank you ladies so much for helping to spread awareness about mental health. So, you know, I always try to give a little bit of words of encouragement um, with the help show. So I would like for Trillia to give us a words of encouragement um, instead of myself, because I always give like these same rules. So I'm going to, I wrote it down, but I'm just going to pass it towards you. I want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> no, my words, of, like my words of encouragement is like for listening, for a listening audience today, it's important to uh, make space for a recovery. In order for you to do your best, to be your best, you have to let your mind, body, and soul rest. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of me. I work out all the time. Kimberly does too. Mm-hmm. Um, you do. So we all work out. We're not professional athletes. Mm-mm. But no. hold on. But the, really look, but the way this girl works out right here, I don't know. Well, I, don't I mean, know. an athlete I, is I a know. body that moves according to Nike. Okay. <laughs> so okay. just do it. Do we all love it. Do it, Kimberly. Nike, yeah, you can just yeah. go ahead and become a sponsor. Thank you. Yeah, really. <laughs> and then um, I also want to give a couple resources that um, that I that I looked up because we're always like giving resources for the community. So um, if you're having difficult with mental health or like anxiety, or even if you want to be a part of a community with sports, these are the resources that I came up with. So we have the Mark Cuban Hero Center. We have Up to Us. Um, and if I'm going a little fast, don't worry about it because it's going to be on the website and it's going to be on our social media. Um, and MLB Player Resource Center. Um, also, we have Anxiety and Depression Association of America. We have Depression of Bipolar Support Alliances. We have Mental Health America, which I, I actually did my uh, when I was in when I was in grad school. I did two years with them for my um, mm-hmm. nice. yeah with for my for nonprofit and stuff. So. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. They're going to be on all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, I'm a part of NOMI National Life and Mental Illness. Oh, so I'm good. a member there. So um, I think it's important for people to know about those different resources. And um, also, before I forget, our next our podcast will be April the 30th at 630. Um, and I want to give my um, gratitude and my acknowledgement, uh, acknowledgement to our um, 
to our partners, which we have Auckland Research, Associate, NJI Holdings, Good Coworking, Gifted Minds Foundation, Duke Center Studios, and White Pro Inc. So those are our partners. I just got tongue twisted. Let me you edit that, dude. Because I was like, oh. <laughs> take that part out. Please, please, please edit that, please. Thank you. Okay. We're live. <laughs> so thank you for listening, and please stay tuned. The Help Show wants to thank all of our partners, Auckland Research Associates, NJI Holding, Good Coworking, Gift in Mind Foundation, Duke's Hair Studios, and White Pearl Inc.